you know, I don't know whether I should be offended or not, but recently Plant and I recorded an episode of The Resties and I was, people speculated that I was sick, but actually I had just been to the New York Knicks game the night before and I got a little shouty. Such okay. a and brag. This is such a brag. It's not actually. Yeah, it's not a brag. Yes, it is. Okay. To be okay, clear, okay. it's not. It's not. He loves Tell sport. your story, and then we can all decide whether or not this is a brag. Okay, so the episode goes up, and then like all of the comments in the newsletter were like, wow, Ross's voice sounds amazing. It's incredible. I assume he might be sick, but you know what? It's great. And, and I know what Plan is thinking. It's a brag. But honestly, what it is, is 90% of the time, my voice is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my takeaway from that. <laughs> um, real no, I get it. Empty. I, yeah, I had a, I had what I could only characterize as adult croup uh, <laughs> a few months back, <laughs> and I was serving up some re- some Colm Wilkinson realness sure. in a way that uh, I was really, I, I may have gotten video of myself just sort of like speaking and singing because I wanted to remember what I could. Like what my peak was, what my zenith was. Yeah. Um. So I have I have taken up chain smoking. Um. And but it's aesthetic. It's like for, I hate the way it feels, but the aesthetic mm-hmm. is on point for me. Yeah. It's it's dark times for us. I don't know what we can do. I mean, go to more basketball games and yeah. Do you feel good now that that you let everyone know that you have a sexy voice? Do you, do you feel good? You feel uh, only temporary. You feel- it's like I'm Superman, but only one day a month. Oh, that's good. That's good. (laughs) My name is Justin Backer, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy. I know the best game of, like, 2000. Yeah, my name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game and hardware of the week. My name is Ross Frosch, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's a, I mean, it's a game of the year show, and it's mm-hmm. a club also. Mm-hmm. It's a club and a show. It's a multimedia experience, and just by listening, you have become a member. Up on the docket today is Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, but what's that? (laughs) It's a stealth espionage action game released in 2004, continuing the sweet, sweet Kojima games, but this time set in the past. 1964, a Soviet jungle, trading all those, you know, like, military environments for something a little bit more natural where you can eat snakes. Um, And that's it. Well, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, let's talk more about it (laughs) right after this. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties that's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties so i feel like people might be wondering why we're talking about this game just as a reminder this is not the first metal gear solid game we've talked about this year i actually think it's the fourth because we talked about that gba or the game boy color one 
at one yeah. point. And we've kind of been going down the road of Metal Gear Solid games. This will probably be the last one for a little while because at least because the next, next up is one, Death Stranding for Griffin to play. <laughs> the next That's one is, right. is Metal Gear Solid 4, which is next to unplayable outside of a PlayStation 3. And uh, also that game is bad, so I don't super want to play it. <laughs> um, but that's okay, because this game is good, and I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, hmm. uh, and and Justin's going to just wait what a few it? seconds before getting sad. And No, 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 I'm not going to get sassy. I wanted to ask, what's the deal with 4? Like, what, 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 is there something, is there some other complicating factor that keeps 4 I from, think, like, getting a re-release? Yeah, my understanding thing, is or? it was designed for the, like, nonsense cell architecture of the PlayStation 3, and re-releasing it would require like a full re-engineer of the game. That's kind of is not it, based on any quote that I remember, but I, I remember seeing that. Uh, but somewhere. that's true of a lot of PlayStation Three games, right? Like the reason we got um, Demon Souls remake is because it, they fucking remade it right from the from the at the cellular level, right? It, and that is not something that I think Konami is willing to do Shell out uh, the cash at for all, it. unless yeah. they can you know put it in a pachinko machine i don't think <laughs> i don't think there were actual cells in the playstation 3 though for what it's worth there also we will we'll see a re-release sometime maybe soonish because you can now emulate metal gear solid 4 pretty pretty damn well so i think like that i think that they were just waiting for machines to get powerful enough to be able to emulate it because obviously yeah. there's a difference between the power to run the game naturally and and run it through emulation. Well, that's actually a good segue because the reason... I love Metal Gear Solid 4, by the way. If we're not going to talk about that fucking game, I'm not going to accept it. I think we might eventually. It's my favorite one. one. It's not the day to talk about it, but it it is good to hear that you enjoy that awful, awful game that I hate. It ends with two old men beating the shit out of each other on a big robot. Conceptually, I like it, but it's it's bad. We're talking about Metal Gear Solid 3 today, and and the news peg of that, the reason we're able to easily talk about it, is because this game was just re-released as part of the Metal Gear Solid collection? What is this thing called? (laughs) Master Collection Volume 1, which begs the question, was Volume volume 2 going to be? Because you put all the ones that Everyone knows about in Volume One. No, no, no. Yes, you could fo- Metal Gear Solid Acid hasn't been Death Stranding too. And... Oh, they'll fully do. They would. They would. Yeah, they'll do all the PSP re- ones yeah. and not um, do the bigger ones. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people could we actually talk about the the port itself? Because um, I I would port port's a well, funny word to use for this. Uh, for right, yes, okay. <laughs> what <laughs> whatever this is maybe um, maybe that's like a, a do we want to like set up the game a little more before we like get into the really nitty-gritty of it sure, yeah sure sure. Sure, sure, sure sure okay so the important thing you need to know about metal gear solid 3 is that in my opinion outside of maybe five it's the best place to start if you've never ever played a metal gear solid game because narratively speaking it starts at zero like there's oh that's kind of a pun but it starts with very little background and it, um, I think, is, from a gameplay standpoint, the most modern feeling of the early Met- uh, Metal Gear Solid games. It has, like, an actual third-person camera and um, has, like, some very cool stealth mechanics with, like, you know, camouflage and, and uh, using cover and stuff like that. So it is, uh, in my opinion, most approachable. And yet, it is still not very approachable because it still uses the crazy Kojima control scheme of yesteryear. Um, so I, I, I would argue it would be a bit of a confusing, a confusing start because if you played this game and then you played any other Metal Gear game, it this one is such a wild, uh, like outlier. It feels like in terms of g- genre and maybe not genre, but at the very least, like not being a sci-fi convoluted uh like future thriller i mean it's arguably possible. it's sci-fi for 1964 right yeah that's a good point i i uh, I, I get what fresh is saying in that the same way i think if you're starting the persona series always play the newest one first because it's the least complicated <laughs> um and is trying to like actually help you out and then you can you can de-learn some of that to go back and play the old stuff that fair, is not going to yeah. have as much hand-holding um, it also just um, helps that yeah, the story is is not full tilt bonkers just yet. It's like sixty uh, no, percent full tilt bonkers, but that's definitely a far cry from like even Metal Gear Solid One, which is like 
I think, far more bonkers than this. It is genre bonkers. Yeah. So, like, if you've seen any sort of Cold War spy thriller, then yes. you are you you know what you are uh, in for, which is, in my book, a bit of a disappointment. Like, what I like about these games is how it is just Kojima just presenting his uh his banana cakes sort of take on uh on spy thrillers and this one feels so informed by media so much so that there's a character whose sole job in this game is to be like hey 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 snake what are you doing what are you doing fighting a vampire cool 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 did you see dr strangelove <laughs> that's a good one man uh, it's all about- <laughs> Uh, You're not doing anything else, are you? You got time? Okay, cool. So Stanley Kubrick was. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So what what versions did did everyone play? I played an emulated version of Metal Gear Solid Three Subsistence on the PlayStation Two. Interesting. Um, okay. Which is uh, according to some cursory Google searching I did, the one to, the one to do. Uh, I was tempted to play. I actually own Metal Gear Solid Three D uh on the 3ds which is also a, a well-regarded version of the game surprisingly but uh, I, I i opted for the well not original but almost original yeah juice yeah i did the uh the the master whatever what the, was, new the new master one master collection volume one which god man that would have been great to have a little bit ago when we were trying to get Metal gear solid one yeah through whatever dark channels i am uh, to celebrate this this collection a little bit. I it is nice that you can like easily play MGS one again. And it was two in the same boat, or was it just one? Two yeah, was that, yeah, they're all in, the, them in one, there. I think. Yeah. yeah. So that that is nice. Um, I gotta say though, and I like the other blue point stuff that I have checked out. Uh, has been pretty impressive. I mean, yeah. I, very sound. Uh, I felt like this, like as a package or as a, you know, everything that is this remake part about it is just. I mean. It seems so bare bones. It's so chintzy. It's so, I mean, just not a thought has been spared to making this feel or even really look particularly modern. I mean, it it there has been almost no update to a point where like, I mean, even like easy cost of life stuff or uh, quality of life stuff that you expect, like you can't exit the game to the desktop without going back through all the like loading screens and menus and stuff. It's like a it's the controls are still like I'm sure you you like it Russ because you're very used to it but like it does not it is not modernized in any way shape or form. It also had no accounting for display size, so I was playing as a squat little stretched <laughs> out maniac. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. I know. I I it, do. I did notice about the display size, but um, uh, yeah. So I would agree with you on the controls, which haven't been touched. But I kind of think that is a little bit part of the nature of this. It's a different scale project. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, you're talking about the difference between the Dead Space remake and and this. right. They were not modernizing this, but I would agree that if you're looking for a version to play, um, unfortunately, if you're looking to play Metal Gear Solid Three on PC. This is like the only game in town unless you go the like emulation route. Like this is the right. first time I didn't even realize this. The first time Metal Gear Solid 3 has ever been on PC is to this year of our Lord 2023. And uh unfortunately the version is not great for a lot of reasons. Uh it runs at 720p. Uh it has like some bad textures. I've watched the whole Digital Foundry like highlighting a lot of the issues. There are mods and and people have kind of stepped up to try to fix the work. Uh, you mentioned Bluepoint. For what it's worth, I'm pretty sure Bluepoint was not at all involved in this. They basically took the HD re-release that Bluepoint did work on many years ago and kind of just like popped it on here. So, oh, so that's why it okay. feels a little dated. And it definitely feels like a little bit of a cash grab. And we'll kind of have to see if Konami sticks with it and gets it going. Justin, did you try to play it on Steam Deck, by the way? Uh, yes, it did not. Work. Yeah. So, I mean, so if full you're looking, stop to, does not. Function on Steam Deck. <laughs> so if you're looking to play it on Steam Deck, Metal Gear Solid Three. I didn't try the other ones, but three specifically, it does not currently work. It has to do with like it not playing well with Linux or whatever. So you do have to play it on like an actual PC. I, I, I it's just it's too powerful. I also wanted to say I know we're talking about Metal Gear Solid Three, but the like wildest thing about this release is that the original Metal Gear Solid runs it. 240p 
30 frames per second. That is literally what the original PlayStation 1 put out. Nice, dude. Um, astonishing level of not giving That's a all you need. When putting this. I mean... There's plenty. Yikes. Uh, let's, we've, we've done the thing we said we were going to do, which is spiral off into version differences and, and not talk about the game itself. Uh, I, I think... Let's do it. Because uh, the game's good. It, there is so, there's a mm. lot to talk about in that regard, right? Because Metal Gear Solid 2 was just Metal Gear Solid 1, but in a, a bigger map and with a, like, mo- way more uh, uh, sci-fi jargon babble story. That more I love. Cartwheels. I love that shit. This is... Definitely one or two more cartwheels. This is one. a more stealth-focused traips through a, a more open jungle environment that has a survival element of you have to catch and eat food in order to keep your stamina up, and then you also have to do some very menu-based surgery on yourself very frequently. <laughs> uh, a lot of the game is based around having these different types of camo for your face and body. The f- reason why those two are separate is bewildering to me. I've never been like, I think I'm going to go zombie face and <laughs> woodland body. That's going to really sit. Uh, in order to increase your sort of stealth rating uh, and because it is the Cold War, like you don't have access to uh, a lot of the high tech shit, like, uh, you know, being able to see the cones of vision of people, uh, you know, in off of your screen, uh, which is very cool and vibey. But that that is that is sort of some of the big flavor here is that it is a survival experience as much as it is a a, a stealth action. one. Yeah, I think a lot of the uh things that people are used to when they play modern stealth games of like marking enemies and seeing enemies through walls and yeah you mentioned the radar um obviously you don't have a lot of that but you do over the course of the game i think get more tools that will make it easier to like not just blindly stumble into guys um and you've got again sonar and and other forms that'll like track nearby enemies um i i like it if only because it feels uh, less linear than really any of the yeah. other ones except for five. Um, it, it Even though it does kind of lead you down a path, it it makes me feel like I have a lot more control over the environments and how things play out versus I think a lot of the uh, combat encounters in, in one and two feel like they more or less have to play out in a certain way based on like the gear you have. Whereas here, yeah. I feel like I can really use the environment to my advantage. Yeah, I, I feel like... Time is not as kind to games that are carving out new genres or new spaces. And the Metal Gear Solid 1 and Metal Gear Solid 2, despite being 3D, felt like evolutions of the original 2D games for me. Where this, like you said, it, it is playing with a little bit more open world stuff, um, a lot more of like survival game stuff. And so much of what it is picking at has now been done so much better there's there's just decades of polish done to that and i think that's what makes it like a little bit hard to go back to play that said it's what at the time made it feel so special and i i completely lost myself in this game and this was honestly the first metal gear solid game that like really really got me and it was um i think it was like the summer of like 2005 so maybe a year after it came out And my jaw was broken. I could not talk. I was, like, stuck in my room for weeks. And this sort of game, this, like, you are just in it. That sort of escape, I think, is, like, what I was seeking at the time. And I feel like people have a lot of those games, right, where it's games that just really let you get in and things that would normally annoy me, all of this busy work, becomes, like, the stuff that really hooks me, uh, at least at that time. Yeah, I don't know. I think the stealth stuff is great. I think the stealth stuff in in this game is it did more to sort of inform stealth mechanics in in other games uh, than the first two Metal Gear games. Like the the first two Metal Gear Solid games are their own thing, really, and most Metal Gear Solid games are sort of their own thing. They play their own way. They feel they have their own feel, and there haven't been too many games that have emulated those uh, particularly closely. I think that the stealth stuff in this game did sort of establish. A lot of uh, genre norms that uh, other other games, even ones that aren't uh, exclusively stealth based, would build on. 
the survival stuff though is so uh is rough is, is so it's bad I mean, it's, it's so bare bones yeah. like if you get shot then there's you go into the menu and then you have to use this the sequence the correct sequence of items yeah of like knife then suture and then uh whatever the anti-bleeding medicine is and <laughs> then a bandage and and you have to do that a hundred billion bajillion times for these different types of injuries and there's not that many it's not challenging it's not um particularly exciting it's just like menu-based busy work that you have to do over and over and over and over and over and over again Uh, almost to the point where maybe the best way to play it is emulated with save states so you can just reload a save state when you get spotted (laughs) like it's almost at that point (laughs) yeah it it really makes a lot of the stuff other stuff of the game more punishing because now when it's like oh shit i got spotted it's not like oh no i'm i'm in trouble it's oh no i'm gonna get shot and then i'm have to do a few minutes of pretty tedious menu navigation. Um, yeah, I don't think any a, of that is in four or five, right? They pretty much no, removed that no. healing stuff. And, and it's it for a series that is so far ahead of its time in so many different ways. Like it, it is. I found myself genuinely shocked at the number of times I I was playing this game and felt like this is so antiquated and bad. And it's not even antiquated because it's not like any games before it were doing that nonsense with healing, right? No, but I mean, it, survival as a genre is like its own no, sure. thing now, and obviously, it's you, it's not a, a particularly fair to compare a game from two thousand four to a game released nineteen years later. But it it is uh, it just it just sucks the 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 moon out of the sky. I do sort of feel like it's, ju- and I'm not saying to diminish this because I do agree, like it happens a lot. But it's really just the healing stuff because the having to eat food stuff is pretty tame. Like you do not need to like spend a ton of time shooting frogs in the face to keep your food meter up no but i could also make the argument like counterpoint to that like if that is all that that is that is also not the most sort of yeah it's not engaging considering the game is called fucking snake eater yeah like you don't actually spend all that much of your your mental ram concerned with uh (laughs) meal prep so your problem Uh, is that you don't eat enough snakes (laughs) That yeah. should be a bigger fit. It should be more like Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. rolling around. I want to see snakes. him slurp up snakes like a spaghetti. Uh, um, I think that. That's do you think maybe they came up with the name and then they went through all the development and like five days before release they were like, "Fuck, you know what we forgot?" Right. I. I. My. I am saying that the both of these elements, which constitute like pretty much all of the survival stuff in this survival jungle experience, are like so half baked. Yeah. Uh, Would you to, all to, like? May, um, would you like to hear a differing opinion about this uh, game? Yeah, sure. Sure. Hey, listener, it's um, uh, not good to play. It doesn't hold up. It feels terrible to play it. The fact that they expect you to watch people talk in codec for as long as they do is honestly unhinged. If this game were released in its current state today, it would be widely regarded as one of the poorest examples of video gaming uh, <laughs> available. It's nonsensical. <laughs> the controls feel terrible. Stealth, when you can't actually do anything, like sneak up on dudes, is terrible. It is a non-enjoyable video game. I lowered the difficulty to easy so I could see as much of it as I could to be able to talk about. And what that means in this game is you can't die, really, without a lot of work. So what would happen to me is I'd get caught and think, oh, fuck, they caught me. And then I would just try to die. But then I found the secret to this game is to get your knife and then just run run around with a knife. So now what I've done is I've found a new game within Snake Eater that is good. And inside this game, you are a knife-wielding maniac who has no patience for weapons. He has been inserted into an extremely sensitive geopolitical situation, and he is just running around slicing people to fuck. This is this guy's only thing, is just a big pile of slices-up bodies. He finds guns, and he throws them on the ground. He doesn't need them. He's got a knife. Um, I, I mean, it all feels so bad. It feels so bad to play all of it is so, and I really went into it with an open mind as I always try to, um, (laughs) don't listen to the end of the last episode. Don't listen to the end of the last episode, please. Uh, man, (laughs) 
it sucks. I just wish that this was uh, if if this is just a little bit like more pleasurable to to play. All the menu stuff is so boring. I just I I think have you liked any of these, Justin? I like one and two. That's like, I, yeah, weird. I, I like to me. one and two, and I like four. I'm in the same boat. I think that I is think so three strange. is my least favorite I, of the Metal Gear games. I will also what? say I think the environments are so boring. It's like. I played for hours and I'm just wandering around through the jungle. It sucks. And then there's like these shitty little like huts and you can go in there and there's like so much crap littered everywhere, by the way. Like, oh, don't go in there. That's where we keep 50 smoke grenades and a bunch of snake meat. And like, it's just laying all over the ground. Um, And you pick up all this camo and it's like, I'm not going to do. I mean, the camo, once you're stabbing, it doesn't really matter, right? If you're not using the stealth mechanics, the camo isn't going to help you at all. Yes. Okay. So you agree that this is a problem, right? What's the point of the camo if you're just running around slicing people up with? But knives? you're not. I mean, but you had to dial it down to easy for that to be a viable gameplay mechanic. So you're saying that there's this is a, a lowering the difficulty to easy is a is a non legitimate way to play. I video wasn't games. saying that, wow. Justin. I was. Wow, say- Russ. <laughs> I wow. to get me can, can I tell Can I tell you all a story? A happy story? Please. Sure. Yeah. Please. Okay. So. Hideo Kojima, originally, this game was much more about space, and he was like, you know what, I I want David... Wait, like outer space? I want to do David... Yeah, outer space. Got it. He's like, I want David Bowie, I want Space Oddity to end this game. So they're making the game, and over time, they realize, like, eh, it's not... This isn't really as much about space as we thought it would be. How... What, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to get a song for the ending? We know we want to get, a, like, some big band to do it. This isn't going to be, and, like, a, a big setup to, a plant for, like, a gag, right? No, this is just true. This is, like, I, I'm reading from his blog right now. Okay. Okay? okay and he, he... One of his... One of his friends comes to him, and he's like, Hey, I know... I know a rock band that the director would certainly enjoy. And he tells them the name of the band, and... Kojima listens to them, and he's like, got it. I love this. And they go through the entire licensing process, and they get this song, Way to Fall, by Star Sailor. And they put it in the credits, and they ship the game. And he's like, great. That that worked out so well. And his friend is like, no, the name of the band was Stella Star. You just oh literally looked up a different band, heard one song, and we're like, great. This will do. And now that is just in the game forever. That's, They've credited that's the band incorrectly. That's that's no. Fantastic. It's it, it's the right no, no, band. He looked up the wrong the, music. It's it's yeah. He just he he never even heard the song that was recommended. He just heard a random song by a band with a Jesus similar name. Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> talk about you never know when good fortune's gonna find you, man. Like that, that, what are the odds? <laughs> that band's got to be stoked. Like oh yeah, Metal Gear. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel it. like the bosses are what people talk about. Hell with yeah, this, with this game because the the I feel like that's what people talk about a lot with Metal Gear Solid games, uh, to varying degrees, right? Like Metal Gear Solid One, Psycho Mantis is like the big the big one. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Two, uh, I mean, fuck, I don't know the vamp fight. What's like the big? What's the big memorable fight from MGS Two? Would y'all? I mean, the sword fight on top of the robot at the end. Yeah, of the probably game the is, end is fight. Yeah. This this one goes so hard in a way that I I really do appreciate. I think there's a couple clunkers in there, but the whole fight against I think it's the fear is the one who's like a spider monkey that is like climbing all over the trees. Oh, interesting. And that like was not million... the one I was thinking of. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, the end is also very neat. The, the end, end is the, the old man that, sniper that's fight. My, like. I think it's maybe the best boss fight in the entire series is the end fight, but yes, famously you can turn the game off and wait a week and then come back to that fight and that old ass man will die of old age. That's fucking very incredible. Fucking. Well done, well done, Kojima. So uh, fucking that's very good. good. Uh, the fear you can drop poison food on the ground and he'll be like, mm, "Yummy, yummy," and eat it and die, <laughs> which is also great. Uh, th- there's also a very, very cool uh, moment. I would, I would uh, hesitate to call it a boss fight where all of the enemies you have killed in yeah. the game come back as ghosts to take you down. So the more pacifist of a route you take through the game, the easier that that moment is to kind of get through. It does make uh, for like, like a very boring five minutes as you're walking yeah, down very a river boring five of death traipsing and through no one there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the whole, the boss fight. Wait, at the wait end that wasn't is, in four? 
No, that's What's three. River? That's three. That's three. That's uh, the 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 sorrow. What's that dude's name? Yeah. Was there a similar thing in another Metal Gear Solid game with the Probably. River of Death? And there's the whole. I think you're thinking of three, my man. Yeah, I think. I think three. I've seen it. I barely played three. I do. I have a boss ta- tactic for. Oh, have you not played? Is this the first time you've ever played this game? By the way, Justin. Yeah, man. Well, the first time I played more than forty-five minutes. Okay. Um. Yeah. I I have a boss strategy for the pain. He's a man that covers himself in hornets. Yep. Oh yeah, and you're going to be tempted when you first go in to uh, slash him with your <laughs> slash him with your knife like a million <laughs> times. But that strategy is not going to work this time. No. So what you should do is get a shotgun and stand in one place and shoot him with a shotgun until he dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one of the clunkers that I uh, referenced <laughs> earlier. That is unfortunately, I think, the first boss fight really of the game. Uh, so, he's, there's he's the no ocelot good. fight before, right before that. Uh, uh, Oh yeah, like that. Oh man, Revolver Ocelot comes out of this game smelling like a rose. That's a fun character. What yeah. a fu- what a bold thing to do to take like uh, who would eventually become like a major series antagonist and one of the most sort of like recurring characters of this game and just turn him into the biggest fucking dork. Yeah, ever. he's a big dweeb. The biggest in this game. loser, idiot, I did enjoy. dork in the there's, world. See, there's parts of this. I I am I am having trouble uh, separating. Um, how unpleasurable I found to control this game with a lot of the other stuff. The, the, some of the stuff is, is regardless, like, I think the environments are boring. I think there's too way too much management of your, like, in menus, way too much time in menus. It's wild. It doesn't, it's, the, the curing thing is, I feel like the fact that the curing system is in the game should give my argument more weight. Because it's so clearly... <laughs> a nothing burger where like they tell you what to do and then you have to do it manually in the thing. That's so clearly like disrespectful of the player's time and intelligence that like, I don't know why you don't question more of the, the other parts of the game. If that part is in it, I feel like the rest of it becomes suspect. You were so close to saying something nice. Bad actor. You were like inches away from saying something. Yeah. You were about about to say something nice. Jerked the wheel towards the exit. No, what you were saying control. If it controlled better, I think I would I would be able to like vibe on it a bit more. And this it's is just yeah. I found like the like like the ocelot fight was cool. Like you're you're on different sides of a, of a ravine. Like you can't get to him. So it's just like about ducking between cover and stuff. And that would be neat. Except it all feels so bad to do that I didn't want to do it. I just uh, and I couldn't get to him with yeah, the no knife, knife, and that was a big problem. There's that's the knife off kind of fight. So you got to figure out something else. It, here's what's vexing to me. And this applies to Griffin as well. I'm like, honestly stunned to hear that you like two, Metal Gear Solid 2, better than this. Because from a control standpoint, they are like almost identical, except this one has a camera that works. And from like a narrative standpoint, this one is like dramatically more cogent. So I don't, uh, you don't think so? I mean, co- let's let's talk about cogent, right? None, Neither of these fucking games are cogent. Uh, yeah, like, this is cogent a, for this Kojima. Is, they're not cogent, say. they're Kojima. Yeah, yeah. it's it, both of these games are are fucking babble nonsense, right? And this this one just happens to be extremely like spy uh f- familiar in in tone and subject and matter, doesn't require right? like prior knowledge of every fucking universe that's ever been created about this franchise. Doesn't require no. it. It does help, but it doesn't require it. I, I'm saying I, if you took this game and you took its writing and you took its script and you removed it from the context of Metal Gear and, and, and Kojima's work and you like gave it to someone like, hey, what do you think about this? They would say like, oh, well, that's not very good. Like yeah, a lot of the sure. characters are pretty Volgan. The main antagonist is dog shit as from a character standpoint like there's a lot that is very cool, but there's a lot that is just junk. I think uh, you would could and, probably say that about every character in the but at least metal gear solid 2 is batshit like at least metal gear so i think that the ending of metal gear solid 2 where everyone you thought you knew ends up being a fucking ai and then you have to have a sword fight with like the president on top of a robot like that's it's it's also not cogent but it is You're entertaining more of a swing it's more of a swing it is way more entertaining to me by a by a uh I've never finished this game. I've, I've finished every other Metal Gear Solid game. Three, I've never been able to finish because I cannot, I don't give a shit about most of the stuff that happens in it and I don't really enjoy playing it. Metal Gear Solid 2, like I am willing to put up with the stuff I don't like about that game because I think that it is so weird and entertaining and uh, 
I yeah, I it's that that is that is that is my take on it. Um I yeah, I, I think I thought it's maybe more... this was going to be the time. I thought maybe it would click with me this time, but it, I, yeah, I think it it's more can. that I'm driven by the gameplay, and I think from a gameplay standpoint, even though I agree that the controls still feel dated, this gameplay is more engaging to me than the gameplay has been in either one or two. But I realize there's some dissension there. It is interesting to me. It is fascinating to me that this is, and I'm not saying this from like a jaded game critic standpoint. Like, I it is interesting to me that this is, I think, in most Metal Gear fans' estimation, like the best of the the best of the bunch. Uh, and I don't understand that, but I think that it is, you know, maybe a testament to the uh, the the vision of Kojima uh, that 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 is true for a lot of folks. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not. I, I I genuinely like it better than anything. You know, the only one that comes close apart from this, from a gameplay standpoint, is five. And so I genuinely I mean, do like it, I mean, but I also different. understand that you're you're competing against a lot of decisions that were made in an era where like third person cameras and these sorts of games were kind of a little bit more of a rarity. And he just also does yes. some like buck wild shit, like. You know, the like pressure sensitive button stuff that was, you know, in previous games and like, uh, you know, so I, I, I get the critiques and all that stuff. But I also think I understand why people who love Metal Gear Solid love this most because this feels like the most realized version of a stealth game, whereas the other ones really don't. Um, I do want to say we should mention that this game was pretty like for 2004 it was pretty there they did a lot of pretty revolutionary stuff like this game is this game was ambitious in a in a way that uh, a lot of games didn't that well, a lot of games weren't it was sort of part of the sort of swan song era of the PS2 and so i think that that is uh you know worth mentioning but i will also say that there are a lot of other games that came out in 2004 that i would way much rather go back and play be be it your Half-Life 2s or GTA San Andreas or Halo 2. Uh, like, I, th- I think that there are other games that you could say the same thing about that I would actually have a great a great time with. Um, but, Makes me wonder you know, if it's, next it's, year maybe we do a Half-Life retrospective. That'd be fun for old people. That'd be yeah, fun sure. to play. Burnout 3 Takedown came out in 2004. Man, what a, what that, a, that was a good was year. A fun year. Weird year. Okay, well, I think we've done it. Uh, again, I don't know exactly when or if we will ever deal, do the remainder of the Metal Gear Solid games. But, you know, let us know in the comments. Uh, I, it. If it's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, much. you can't play the first one, and we still did that. So I don't understand why we've decided that this is the cutoff. Well, you can emulate the first one on literally anything. Um, oh, and good so point. That is, yeah, that it's a little is bit the, trickier to... Yeah. The first one, um, Metal Gear Solid I, I, 1? If they make a remake, if they do put out a remake of MGS4, I think we should for sure go back to Yeah. That. But I don't think we can ask people to join our book club for a game that you need a uh, extinct console no, to play. No, I think that's fair to say. To play. Okay, I think we have some other stuff to talk about in the second half of the show, so why don't we just kick it to a commercial break? Let's go. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. 
for a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey guys, want to talk about the new Steam Deck? What? There's a new Steam Deck? I didn't even know that's a thing. By the time that this episode is out, people will have known about the new Steam Deck for like about a day. And it is called, this is very strange to be talking about this because I have not said this out loud. It is the Steam Deck OLED. Uh, It is not the Steam Deck 2, though Valve does suggest that that will be coming in like two to three years. They're waiting for like a generational upgrade in terms of power. Right. But the Steam Deck OLED is, in my opinion, a, a much more substantial upgrade than, like, the Nintendo Switch OLED was. So, here's what you're going to get Which with it. Which was not. I mean, that was just the screen, right? It's just, just the for screen. context. The, yeah. the Switch was just the screen. And it had so, a bigger kickstand. Okay. <laughs> it did have a bigger kickstand. <laughs> That's important. And, and I hate to break it to you, the Steam Deck OLED, no kickstand. Um, well, it looks and feels identical to the original Steam Deck, except for uh, it's a little bit lighter. It's like 29 grams lighter. Um, It has an HDR OLED display, which I believe this is the first uh, OLED on a portable with HDR, which is killer. When I say portable, I mean other video game handhelds. Um, The battery, because the the OLED display is thinner, there's more space inside those guts. So the battery is bigger, which means that they're estimating 30 to 50% longer battery life. I can say, like, in my experience, playing it, I played a lot of uh, the new Yakuza game on it, and I was playing not plugged in way longer than I ever felt like I could with the the original. Um, and then there's a bunch of, like, smaller little details. Like, it has standalone Bluetooth, so you can... Um, you can now boot it up from a controller if you wanted to keep it oh, plugged into cool. a TV and actually use it like a Switch. Yeah, um, It has Wi-Fi 6E, so if you have a router that actually supports that, thing like faster downloads. The haptics are... It has a wider frequency band, which means that there's just... it. The haptics feel better. They feel richer. Um, I was going to ask about hard. the haptics. I'm, I'm a kind yeah. of a snob for haptics. Um, yeah, I think the right now the high, wild. <laughs> right now the high point for haptics is the PlayStation DualSense controller. I think no other yeah, controller comes close that. to that. It feels like no, that. No, I mean it. It feels like a, a. It feels intentional now versus feeling like you have like a small animal trapped inside your controller. <laughs> yeah, okay. past, understand. You know? It, it, I think where it benefits it most, honestly, is on the touchscreen because the touchscreen is like usable now. I don't know how many of you tried to um, like uh, load uh, emulators or anything. Side loading anything was a real headache, and you just had to plug in uh, a USB keyboard. And now I, I have had no real issue using the touchscreen keyboard. It, it just feels very nice and not unlike uh, using your phone, basically. Um, 
yeah, it's lighter, it's cooler. They put new um, thermals in there. Uh, it just did you notice any difference way, in the fan just, noise? I have not heard the fan since I've started using it. Um, That's bananas. So, but but I will say, in my experience with devices like this, fans get louder the more I use them. Yeah, dust um, and stuff so, like that gets in there. Yeah, so it, it's still new. The thing that I think is going to excite Griffin the most, and hopefully he's already ordered this by the time the episode goes live, is there is a special edition of the top-end version oh, that boy. is a transparent uh, shell. And it looks yeah. I mean sick. yeah. I'm I'm trash for shit like that. So I'll I probably will do that. It I, I'm trying to get you, how many grams lighter did you say it was? Twenty nine <laughs> grams. Twenty nine grams. That, that is the, sweet grams. About the weight of a soul. Uh, uh, that, that's <laughs> true. Got, a little bit more, more than, than a soul. soul. Um, yeah. it, it is the weight of a slice of bread. <laughs> the weight of a Steam Deck is 669 grams. So we're not talking about a pretty big deal. I'll be I will be honest. I was thinking about my Steam Deck today. Because uh, I picked it up and it had a layer of dust on it. Oh, wow. I have not played it in a, a quite quite a long time because I genuinely don't enjoy the weight of it. Like we've joked about that in the past, how Justin needs a special little shelf in his lap in order to play this thing. I I uh, I Is love my. S- <laughs> I felt like that was me disclosing my infirmity to you in a place of safety. I uh, I play like everything on Switch Lite if I can. And there have been a couple of times where I've played a game on Steam Deck and put it down saying like, well, it's going to come to Switch in like a month or two. And then I'll just play it on my much more delightful little handheld. That's that why I completely, like I'm the complete opposite. The way. That's, that's why. Yeah, I would rather the like horsepower of the Steam Deck and like get games actually even at 40 FPS versus like, I know this, the Switch, you usually have to take a pretty big hit uh, if you're playing a 3D game from a performance standpoint. Yeah, yeah also I'm trusting that like those that. games will still be available to me in 10 years. Like, that is the part that I always struggle with with Nintendo. So far, maybe we'll be proven wrong with the Switch 2. I know that they've said that there will be some transfer over, but it, Steam Deck or Steam Library feels much more reliable. W- one other thing that I think is big for people who do not have a Steam Deck right now and have, have been considering it, the, there are three entries, just like the original models um and they're all the same price as before but they get all these upgrades so you are not like it's not like oh well if you want the oled you need to go spend more money for it the mid-tier steam deck now is now just the steam deck oled um and on top of all that other stuff they doubled the storage of it so the like top tier now has one terabyte of storage uh so if you were thinking about buying a steam deck this doesn't really change the calculus. You're just going to get more for whatever the same price was that a you were going to So they're just going to stop two or three days ago. Well, they've huh? started. What, uh, I've seen a lot of sales for twenty percent off on the original models, and now that makes a lot more sense. So I think yeah, they and they're, I think they're selling of... like old ones at like fifty dollars off or something until they run out. Um, and they're still yeah. making the very bottom base level of the three models that are currently available now is still um, LCD. So it's that mid and top tier that's the OLED version. So my question to you, Plant, and this is putting you on the spot a little bit because no one can ever if, – if I'm someone who has a Steam Deck and I'm – I mean other than the obvious quirks that we've talked about before, I'm fundamentally okay with it. Is this like upgrade worthy for most people do you think or is this more like, hey, there's never been a better time to get a Steam Deck? Um. <sighs> I don't, I on most say people. upgrade worthy for most people. Yeah, because I, I mean, like if you're um um you know a multimillionaire, you'll never think about it. If you are destitute, you probably don't have a Steam Deck, right? So it's I'm like a visual about... snob thing, right? That's what it comes down to, more or less. And I guess yeah, really I mean, like... I, I how many of us have Nintendo Switch OLEDs? You know, like me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I well, I think I got mine from Nintendo. So and. Probably going to be pretty much a lot cheaper, though. Yeah, probably about half as much to to, to make that jump, I would guess. Yeah, that's true. I, I think I think this is, if you have not gotten the Steam Deck yet, this is a, this is, this is it. Like, the, I don't, I don't think the other options that are available to you, um, barring, again, like we said when we talked about the Asus uh, ROG Ally, you know, if you really want to tinker with Windows stuff, 
uh, or you have, for whatever reason, you're really married to the Epic Game Store. Um, but <laughs> otherwise, no I, 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 I think this, I think this is it. It does. It, uh, feels, the other- it feels like territorial a little bit, doesn't it? With the Rog Ally stuff, it feels like. And I know there have been a couple other sort of pretenders to the throne. Well, Lenovo, were, yeah, just put out another yeah. one. Um, this has got to be like, oh, well, we're already like at the top of it. And like, by the way, we just moved the goalposts like quite a bit. It, <laughs> so it seems like the, the edge that Steam still has is that game developers are specifically optimizing their games to run on Steam Deck. And they are not yeah. doing that work for Rog Ally or uh, Asus. Um, it's called the Legion. So that I, you know, I think it makes a big is difference. Legion out? I yeah, it just came it. out like a week ago. It's the Legion Go. Yeah, I, it is from a. It's bigger than the Steam Deck dramatically, and like from a horsepower awesome. standpoint, I think it's probably the top end. But you're not necessarily getting that like overwhelming support that you would get from a Steam Deck. Yeah, I, I also I, I'm sorry. I don't know if I mentioned this for the the panel itself, the OLED. It's the same resolution. Um, but it's 90 hertz now. So that means, one, it's just more than 60, which was the previous thing. It's not as not as much as what the Ally does. But at 90 hertz, that allows for frame doubling up from 45. So well, long story short of that is it, things look really smooth on it. Um, the, it just looks nice. Okay. Yeah, this is definitely uh, a tough uh, call because honestly, I I love the Steam Deck. It's the device I use more often than any other. And I have seen the benefits of OLED. And before I played the Switch OLED, I was not a convert at all. I was like, whatever, I'm colorblind. I'm never going to notice. And you can immediately tell the difference. But I do think a lot of people who are like, you know, maybe play an hour of Steam Deck here and there, and and that does the trick. Will probably be totally fine, but this does get me uh, scratching my head a little bit. I gotta admit. Uh, do you guys think that there'll be the the same sort of like crush to get these that there were with the original ones, or do you think it might be a little more subdued? I think it'll be. It's certainly not as hard. I think their production uh, cycle for these is probably up to speed now. The and I, I also think, to Plant's point about whether it's a good time to get one if you've never gotten one before, I do agree that I don't see Steam releasing like new like uh, processing power hardware upgrades in the next year or two. Like I, I, I think they will wait as long as possible because they have that software support where developers yeah. are building specifically for these specs. And the more SKUs they release, the harder that becomes. So it does seem they, like they a good time They also told for me it. as much. That's like, that's not a guess. So that is. here's the only well, reason no. I'm going to be a little skeptical of that is because in June, someone who works at Valve was like, it's going to be, I don't know when it's going to be an OLED is going to come out because we actually looked at the hardware and it will require a full rework of the internal hardware to support an OLED. That was in June of this year. And now four months later, I mean, Valve's a weird place to work. They do like silo a bit, but. Yeah, I'll also push back on that. I went back and read that interview and it's not quite that. It's they they say like, hey, an OLED would take a lot of work to get done. And then the writer of the story is like, so, so much for an OLED, and it's better they're not making an OLED anyway. Um, so it's one of those, like, I don't know. I think that writer stretched that one a bit. I think they were being It wasn't the, that sure, only that writer. I, that was the main takeaway from the community, was that that's what they were saying, is it's going to be a really long time. Yeah, that, that, that speaks more about how one story goes up and then 20 different forums repeat it over and over again. I, I'm, I'm not trying to give them, like, yeah you know a free pass here but yeah that story was not quite anyway it seems like very good hardware and especially if you haven't i bet some people are feeling pretty smart right now about not buying a uh a steam deck yet congrats to you so what else is going on there's plenty of else uh i finished alan wake 2 oh so i finished that did you use your words to shift the story i oh my god did i all every single word i used shifted the story uh, that game is dope. Uh, I don't fully disagree with any of the critiques that were voiced on previous episode. The previous episode regarding some of the bugs, I did ran into run into at least one bug that was a narrative bug that like required me to like do some work to actually see a, a video that wasn't playing properly. Um, I also would say that like the narrative is the star of the show. 
to the point where I would actually recommend dial down the difficulty if you have any, like, if you're dying at all, really, just move it down to easy so you can experience the story. And unless you really, really like plumbing the world for, like, secrets and puzzles and stuff like that, which I do, it didn't bother me, but unless you really like that stuff, um, don't worry about collectibles and stuff like that. Just, like, go from mission to mission and, like, experience the thing because the thing yeah, is pretty is fucking sick. I lowered the difficulty to story, but then I was still sort of compulsively looking at every nook and cranny. And what I found that I kind of messed up the rhythm for myself was I didn't need every advantage in fights, right? Like I didn't need to go get the one charm that increased my shit like 10%. So a lot of the rewards for uh, running around were were not commiserate with the, the effort. Some are, are like cool. Yeah. And some of them are like just sort of mechanically – flat and um, if you're playing on easy you don't need those edges anyway so it's you don't need it's fine just stick to the you could just thing. run around stabbing everyone the best stuff is in the main i, I i've seen some there have been some cool um some of the uh there are these little nursery rhymes in there where you can move around these toys to trigger effects in the world that change the world um and some of those come up with some pretty cool little little things but other than that i i i, I don't know it's cool i'm gonna finish it i'm i am but I'll be honest, I th- I have been tempted to do what Griffin did. Yeah. Uh, I, I just uh, kind of watch the end. <laughs> I made it a, a, a little more than halfway through the game, maybe two-thirds of the way through the You're game. You're pretty far. I, yeah. I got pretty far, and I just re- I hit a point. Of, I, I, I hit a, a part of the game with Saga that I just was just not having a good time with. I don't have, like, my gaming time has been pretty limited as of late, and I I just felt this pang of... Like, why am I doing it? Like, if I'm not enjoying yeah. this, why am I doing it? And the answer is because I'm so it, deeply into the story and vibe of the game. And so I just, I watched uh, I watched the rest of it on YouTube. And I, I don't regret that decision. I jumped back into Chance's Sonar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah did you finish that, that yet? It's, uh, no, I hadn't. It's, uh, it was a little tough to get back into. But man, that game's great. If you let that one slip past you, go, go check that out. It's so satisfying. It, 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 you know what I was thinking about what I really dig is that it is so specific to being a video game. Like this idea of unearthing a language and translating it and figuring it out, like that is a very pleasurable activity for the brain that is normally something that like people do that that inside of a video game is not something you normally get to do because the la- they want you to understand everything that is happening all the time. Like they, so it is specific to this because the language evolves mechanically. So it it is like a very pleasurable way to experience a world, and and honestly makes the whole world come alive so much more because every bit in it is a little bit of information. Mm. So like the whole world becomes uh, mechanically charged because every little thing could be a clue to. Uh, uncovering another bit of the language. And the game also expects you to, it becomes a lot less um, uh, uh, prescribed as you go on and you're having to make some larger logical jumps in terms of like what the language means and like intuit more rather than see a picture next to a picture of a bird and know that that is bird. Um, so it's it's really great. If you didn't play it, man, it's it's fantastic. In that case, That's bird like, is the word. All right, man. Hmm. Uh, we have been getting really into, this is surprising, we fell off of, uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, uh, fell off, I mean, we enjoyed our time with it, we just didn't And when you it. say we? I mean, me and Henry. Got it. For the most part. Um, but Henry discovered, I think just through, like, YouTube videos, Super Mario Maker 2, and he's like, I want to try this, and he is way into that fucking game. He is like playing level, making levels for me to play that are uh, pretty challenging. I would say pretty um, <laughs> malicious. I would say, uh, but also just like going into the popular courses of that game now that it has been out for whatever three years. Uh, there's so much good shit in there, and for somebody who has like a developing interest in. In, in the mechanics of Mario and platformers in general, like it is a genuine treasure trove. Um, they added so, the ability oh, to like bundle courses together into like a world map, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So one of the last updates was the like world feature where you can make your own almost like camp- campaign. Well, campaign makes it sound like more than it actually is, which is just like you 
put all of your levels on one map. Yeah. Um, but it is neat. We haven't even been messing with that stuff. Like a lot of the stuff we've been doing, it's been stuff that was there, you know, when I first played the game. But um, it, it he has such an interest in like uh, rudimentary sort of game design stuff. Like he is interested in in making his own sort of like worlds and and stuff like that. And so this game is like. I, 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 it is one of those things where as soon as I saw him play it and be delighted by it, I was like, ah, shit, why did I not think to introduce him to this, to this game? Cause it is kind of perfect. So I, if you had a similar experience with Wonder, uh, where, you know, you have a kid who is getting into just playing that game, then I would heavily encourage you to, to get back into Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, cause it is, I mean, it's fantastic. Plant, you got anything? Oh, I also played the new Warcraft uh, mobile game for like an, an hour, and I it's not very good. Wait, what's that one called? <laughs> what's that? It's like what's Warcraft that Unleashed or something. Warcraft Rumble? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's like you drop little minis onto a map, and they march forward and fight fight stuff, and they have different abilities, and um, I I just don't, uh, I don't get, I don't get it, man. <sighs> That's too bad. Um, I have been playing a lot of the new Yakuza, which is now actually called Like a Dragon, because they changed the name with the previous entry, which is even more confusing, because I think the last entry was called Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's called Like a Dragon Gaiden. Uh, I think the subtitle is The Man Who Erased His Name, and it is a kind of spin-off Yakuza game where you are playing as Kiryu as a superhero slash secret agent. And from the, like, literally from Go, you have a Spider-Man-like powers to hurl people across uh, the streets of Osaka. And I like it a lot. Yeah, we're going to be doing a deeper dive into it in a couple weeks on Resties. In a couple weeks, yeah. It's it's video game junk food. And right now I have been craving some video game junk food and it was exactly what I needed for testing the Steam Deck, just having something that is a joy to pick at. Um, I really quickly, can I mention one more that is Please? kind of a hidden gem that I found? Yeah. Do you guys like hidden gems? You bet. Definitely. Um, it's called Rogue Genesia. It's G-E-N-E-S-I-A. Mm. Um, but it is an auto shooter in the mold of, you know, some of the others like, uh, I don't know, Halls of Torment, Vampire Survivors, 20 minutes to dawn, you name it. I love games like this. So I'm always looking for like a new one. This is, this is like my bike game. Like if I'm riding, if I'm riding the exercise bike, I like, I like an auto shooter I can zoom it out with. Rogue Genesia does a cool thing where there is a main mode that's just like Vampire Survivors or whatever where you have 30 minutes to survive, whatever. Um, there is also though a mode that is structured like Slay the Spire or one of those other like branching type things where you're choosing what kind of level you want to go to. So it's level based and you decide what kind of like conflicts. There's like really hard levels. There's ones that have like weird victory conditions. There's usually like a sub um, goal that you're trying to meet, like kill a certain number of enemies at a certain amount of time or something to get better awards. But it's consistent like across the the run trying to get through as far into the the level as you as you can. Um, or as far into the world as you can, choosing different branching paths. And just like in Slay the Spire, some are treasure, some are just bad, some are just narrative. Um, but it's really, it's an interesting way of like uh, structuring a game like this. And I've, I've been enjoying that. Um, cool. It looks like Octopath, the art style. Oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Did we do an episode? We did. I wanted Feels to like it's an episode of a podcast. I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews to the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Pat Brown sixty four. We have Steamy Robot Love, and we have H G H G H G H G H G H G H G H H. Thank you for writing reviews to the besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the newsletter. We actually have a bunch of questions that we didn't get to this episode, but we will next episode. Uh, please feel free to drop other questions or thoughts or recommendations in the comments of the newsletter at besties.fan because we like them and read them, and they're great. Next week, we are talking about Persona 5 Tactica. All Wake right. up, get up, get up there. Everything's great. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Uh, I am excited about it, too. I don't know if Justin's excitement is in, uh, genuine, <laughs> but mine is actually genuine. 
I'm trying to keep it more open-ended. I mean, this one played out where I thought it would be bad and then it was, but then we had the Sea of Stars where I thought it would be bad and then it was good. So I'm trying to keep it a little bit like, I'm trying to think where I try to reserve judgment until I actually experience it. I like that. (laughs) That's interesting. That's a bold new vision for games criticism from Justin. I'm 23 years old today as a reporter. It's not that Russ or Planet said anything. And I'm turning over a new leaf where I'm going to give things a fair shake for at least a few minutes. I like that. Hey, Justin. Plant. Happy birthday. Fuck you, Russ. (laughs) 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 Thanks for listening to the Besties. Be sure to join us again next week for the Besties, because should the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.